when I when I first moved to Leeds, I so I was brought up in Carlisle, which is this tiny. It is actually a city, but it's one of the smallest cities in the UK. I think the population's maybe fifty thousand people or something like that, maybe forty thousand, and. And I moved to Leeds, which is like a million people. And I was like, holy crap, this is, you know, especially when we were driving. And I kind of found this, this one, one kind of road that, that worked for, to get everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was the perfect thing for me. I just felt like there was this one road that I used to get around all of Leeds and anything out off that road just like, all, like refused to go on. I was like, no, 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 no. I just, I need to go on this road. You found your lane. Stockford. Yeah, I found yeah. the lane and yeah. I just stuck to it. It took me about two or three years to kind of be like, okay, it might be time to learn a bit about the geography of the city that you live in. So yeah, so it's <laughs> like, what's the population of Minneapolis? Oh, geez. I feel like it's under a million, um, but the metro combined, because Minneapolis-St. Paul, called the Twin Cities, is just separated by the Mississippi River. But really, yeah. it's... You know, it feels like one big metro. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's about a million people when you combine the, those two cities together. What a great city. Prince, I'm, man. Come yeah. on. Like, it's, the it's, music scene in Minneapolis, like... Pfft. It's incredible. It's a sleeper. I think that, you know, when people think about the U.S., well, a actually, I mean, I would be so curious to know, like, when you think about the U.S., what are the, what are the music cities that, you, that immediately spring to mind for you? New York, L.A., Yes. So those straight off the bat. Right. Those um, are the big two. And those are the traditional two. And do you ever yeah. think about Nashville as well? Yes. Yes for Nashville. Chicago, obviously because of the blues scene. There. Yep, yep. That's old uh, school. Minneapolis well. for me, because I think that just the whole Prince connection and and that. And then and then maybe Atlanta as well. Atlanta's Atlanta. big. Yep. Yeah. Austin has emerged as a big uh, mm. music city as well. They do South by Southwest there. There's a ton of things happening there. But I always felt like moving to Minneapolis um, that it was that was this crazy sleeper town. All of my friends here make their living playing music to some yeah. degree, and and it seems like people people say, "Oh, well, you need to be here. You need to be here. You know, you need to be in L.A., New York." or Nashville, that's it if you're serious about music. And I just found yeah. that that hasn't been the case. And I mean, for yeah. you, you're not in London, right? I mean, you're- Dude, uh, yeah, I can remember like a really famous bass player whose name I won't mention. He, I can remember, that he he was basically like, oh, where you? he was like, oh yeah, great playing, man, where are you living? I was like, oh, in Leeds. And he was like, what's going on in Leeds, man? <laughs> like, get your shit together and right. get, you know, and, and to be fair, to be fair, he had a point, but he was sure. he was he was more old school, and I think that like maybe it doesn't matter anymore, or maybe it matters way less than it used to. Right now, yeah. specific, like wow, like right now, over the last few years with the explosion of so, like obviously we were talking about that in the last episode, social media and the the, in, the interactivity um, that that's created. I think that it's becoming less and less um, about where you live. Like, where's Wolfpack from? They all went to school in Michigan. There was a, a great in music Michigan, school in Michigan. Yeah. yeah, that's where they met. But then they do, I mean, at least not all of them live in L.A., but a good number of them now live in L.A. The thing I know I'll they say, did move to L.A., yeah, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, when I was in L.A. the last time, right before COVID, I got to hang out with John Button, and that was a connection via SBL, so it was so yeah, cool. Yeah. And what a guy. And he said John's something awesome. so interesting. Oh, what a bass player as well. Oh, dude, he's, he's, just, he's such a beast. That, that video yeah. you put up of him reading that, 
that thing and then taking that, you know, developing the baseline, that thing in player's yeah. path is so sick. He's so like, great, isn't he? Yeah. It's unreal. But he said something that really connected because I was talking about Minneapolis and I was sort of, you know, waxing on about how like, oh, I think, you know, you can maybe kind of do it everywhere. He said, for sure, you can do it anywhere if, you, you know, if you surround yourself with great people and you believe in your community and that's awesome. He said, but the thing about L.A., and I imagine the other big, big music towns in the world, is that your next-door neighbor is the tour manager for this band. The, Absolutely. The, yeah. the person that lives across the street, three houses down, does is a drummer and has played in these things. And you're, you're going to meet that person at a coffee yeah. shop, and that will bring you connection versus the internet. So what, you know, I've, I've done... Yeah a lot in my small community of Minneapolis, but then outside of that has been all reaching out via Instagram. And yeah. one of the big music towns, it happens on a more personal level. And that's pretty cool. You know, it's yeah, pretty for cool. Sure, for sure. Like, yeah. If like, if I had a friend or one of my kids wanted to be a musician when they're older, I think like my advice, probably in terms of like my, my mindset right now, where I am would probably be, Hey, you, you probably, it's going to serve you to get to one of those hooks. Yeah, yep. Just get, you know, get get out there, get, you know, socializing with these people. You don't know what opportunities are going to rise. So right. just go just go chase it in more the, in those specific places. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I I know we're I know we're maybe a bit off topic, but I just want to say one other thing. It, it and to the to the point of, like, say you're not in one of the big music towns, you go, oh, you're just bemoaning. Oh, well, I'm not in L.A., I'm not in London, you know, uh, I, can't, I can't do it. I want you to think about this. I got, to, I got to tour Motown the last time I was in Detroit. I got to go on a tour of Motown. And if you think about what Barry Gordy built in Motown, yeah. he was in Detroit, which was not a music city. It became one because of Barry Gordy. And he had this thing of, well, look around his neighborhood. And there were these dudes that sang doo-wop on the corner, and they became the Temptations. There was a girl that had a great voice just up the street. Her name was Aretha, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Franklin's daughter, right? And That's he correct. had this thing of believing in his community and looking around and going, well, I'm not in any of these places. What can I do with the resources I have in this town. And that mm. became hugely inspirational to me to look at artists that I played with, like, you know, Cara Loudon, or there's some artists that are Minneapolis that are not superstars, but I wanted to start treating them as such. I wanted to start yeah. thinking about my friends and my colleagues in this sleeper music town as superstars. And that that changed everything for me of like thinking about, well, what can I build where I'm at? I have a family. I'm not going to move to Los Angeles. What can I build here in Minneapolis? And that's, mm. I think that's so important no matter where you are. That's super insightful. Yeah. It's like, look around and say, who's the, who is the star in this yeah. place that I can start to collaborate with? You know, man, I'll tell you what, just sort of like leapfrogging off, off that, um, off the back of that. In terms of Barry Gordy and what he did uh, in Detroit, and th there was really no scene there before he, and he was kind of sort of like the catalyst of that. I, I think that through my experiences, I've seen people in in a music scene who who are the Barry Gordy, yeah. not to obviously that level, but they just come. So when I first moved to Leeds, when I was you know in my early twenties, maybe twenty one. There was a guy who, and nobody really understood how 
important he was mm. for the jazz scene. Yeah. But he was like, he was organizing stuff. He was yes. putting on gigs. He was just, he was the catalyst, right? Right. And nobody understood. And then he moved away and you felt this sudden slump. Yeah. And I was, and that was the, it was an instantly hit me of how important it is in these small scenes to, well, just to sort of, to really, if there is somebody that's a catalyst like that, just yeah. keep in mind that they're doing great work. You know, yeah. they're just doing some, <laughs> they're doing something and they don't, usually they don't get any thanks. They're not very gaudy, right? They're, <laughs> they're getting no thanks. Right. And But they're but organizing that, the jam, yeah. right? They're, exactly. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing all these things. You know, I was talking to Andres Rott, um, in, you know, and he's in Buenos Aires, and he was telling me that he did this thing, that he started to do his duo music stuff as a result of just organizing these nights at there was like a restaurant yeah. or something where he would just like he ha has been that for Buenos Aires in like a in terms of a jazz and um sort of small ensemble collaborations like he's been this guy of like every week I would organize this thing and bring singers down and you know yeah, that's, absolutely yeah. huge that stuff's huge yeah you don't need to have to wait for the scene to to emerge you can actually create the scene yes. like the guy i'm talking about he wasn't kind of sort of like he was not crazy talented he was not this like bombastic kind of like you know socialite who was like everybody loved he wasn't that guy he was super quiet he was a he was a decent bass player but he was just really dedicated to to making it happen and actually just putting these gigs on, doing the jam nights. Yes. And I think that for all musicians, especially if you're in somewhere where you where there, there's maybe, you know, nothing much going on in your town or city, you can actually try and create a scene yourself. And you can even create a scene within a scene. If there Absolutely. is something going on, you can create create a sub scene within that actual ecosystem. And I think it's you know, we're always, or at least myself, I'm always kind of like questioning, hey, whether should I actually do this thing? Should I do this? You know, it's like one of these personal things that, that yeah. I'm trying to get rid of. But I just need to, myself personally, I just need to get much better at being that catalyst, stepping over, I think we talked about in the, in the last episode, hanging myself over that cliff. You yeah. Know, making sure that I'm just not waiting for the permission for somebody else to say, oh, you can oh, do that. I that, think that as that's humans, great. we're... Yeah, we, you know, we're always waiting for permission. And I say, fuck permission. I yes. reckon, just go and do it, you know. <laughs> Put yourself out there and take the risk. Yes. It will always lead to something, right? Yeah. Like just, just believing in something, believing in yourself, believing in the people around you and doing something. It may not lead to the thing you're thinking it will lead to, but it will lead somewhere. And yeah. that's, it's, it's huge. It's huge yeah. to not, and to not be just stifled by, I love that, not waiting for permission and not going, oh, well, I'm in Cincinnati. Um, you know, I'm in Durham. There's nothing I can yeah. do. You yeah. know, may yeah. as well yeah. hit the coal mines because I'm, I, I'm yeah. hitting you with the only, the only UK trivia I know right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, no, like, you know, organize something, get some, get some people out, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's doable in, in any place. Yeah. I think waiting for, waiting for permission is like a, a silent epidemic of not only musicians, but just humans in general and, yes. and might have comes off to anybody that doesn't have that thing yeah you know i mean like when i see somebody and they're obviously just they're out there doing it and for whatever reason they've been 
they've been able to shake that off. You know, mm. they don't they, they don't need permission. They're just going to go for it. I absolutely I love. I get it's so inspiring. Honestly, it something is. that jumps to mind. Somebody ju- that jumps to mind. Um, a, a musician that obviously has done that for whatever reason, you know, is Jack Stratton of Wolfpack. Oh, 100%. You know, he just came, it was just out of nowhere, so left of center, yes. so kind of just, it's like he was years before his time, really. Yes. He kind of just had a, a, a cultural feel. You know, he obviously spotted that. Or maybe he didn't. Maybe it was just really unique to him and he just wanted to do that. But it just, when I look at Jack, I was like, that dude wasn't waiting for anybody's permission. He just went and did it. Absolutely. Yes. And and to hear, you know, to hear Corey Wong talk about Jack, he talks about how Jack plays the internet like an instrument. Like he understood at a very, very deep level how to use the internet in a fun, creative, engaging, inclusive mm. way to yeah. to bring people in to what this felt like a family, you know? Yeah. And and essentially yeah. was just a group of of music nerds from like friends from college, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he figured out a way yeah. to engineer this movement. I mean, un unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. It is unbelievable. And it's everything down to everything. The other thing I love about Jack that is obviously everything is considered like obviously the sound, but the visuals, yeah. the aesthetics, they all support each other. And it's done in such a great way, but in, in a really kind of freeing way. You know, he, they didn't have any cash to do what they did. It's all, it's all bootstrapped. And they made everything, they made all of their weaknesses actually strengths in terms of the final product of Wolfpack, what they became. Yes. All of the weaknesses, all of the, hey, we're going to have to shoot this on, a, on, a, on an iPhone or whatever it was. Yep. All of that became the strength and not the weakness. Oh, and it's so, it's so great. I mean, just, you know, working with Corey Wong since that experience, he then brought in a lot of those elements into his own thing. And I mean, whenever he's he so does talented. a session, he's incredible. He's so he's incredible. incredible. <laughs> the dude's <laughs> an alien. I know. <laughs> whenever he does a session, he'll just have someone, he'll have a friend come in. There's a guy in Minneapolis named Pistol Pete, man. Pistol Pete is the best. And he comes in with a gimbal. He has his own gimbal, yeah. but he uses your iPhone. So, you know, thank you. He'll take your iPhone, yeah. put, it on, put it on the gimbal. And then he'll just shoot the session as a one shot. And then suddenly you have music video content. You have, you know, and before it seemed yeah. like before Wolfpack, it seemed like to make a music video or to make a production of a studio recording or anything just felt prohibitively expensive, too much gear. Absolutely. But then like, yeah. what if you got your buddy that has some good musical chops and can think in that way about getting camera shots and now he's on the singer for verse two, but here comes that sick fill and he knows kind of enough to just go around and, you know, and get the drummer for that fill. And, you know, yeah, it, it's amazing. And it happens so fast. And then you have all of this content. Uh, and, and it's and it's very low cost, very cool. Now you have to be surrounded with great people that can play a take. <laughs> you, you, you do, <laughs> you, you do. And what I love as well is there's actually been sort of like, like stylistically that actually has created a, like a, a real like a what's the word um a like it's a style it's a style it's of a shot style. it's a style of video so it obviously Wolfpack did it um what the oh modern day jukebox Come yeah modern day jukebox mm-hmm. yep. yeah the guys that they did um they did kind of jazz versions of um popular songs 
they always did it on a one shot just one camera and then off the back of that obviously scary pockets yes who obviously they crushed it again one shot one camera and um who that's jack isn't it who oh, he's oh, another yeah he's another machine Pomplamous. when it comes to oh <laughs> i and, know uh, uh, Patreon. He's the CEO of and yes. founder of Patreon. You know, I just I, found oh. that out. I, I didn't even know that. Someone was telling me that. I'm like, what? He made that? Yeah. Crazy. He's a creative machine. Yes. He's a machine, dude. Um, but yeah, so there's, I just love it. And for, the weird thing that I've experienced as well is that through, because I've worked with a lot of videographers, it is actually, if, if they're not, if a professional videographer is not, um, really following these uh i suppose the these creators yeah if they're not fellow following them they don't get it i know that it's, it's it's been really hard for me to to make to to sync some of my guys up with the actual what's going on right now on the socials on youtube that new style yeah. of uh, that of that one shot they don't get it they want like they want five cameras. Yeah, so they want. I mean, it. they want to make it as complicated as possible, and it's, so it's definitely been a challenge for me. Um, so, if anybody's listening to this and, and you're about to work with videographers, it's it's just an interesting thing to note that there's sometimes a a gap between kind of a tr where the trend is going and where their professional kind of skill set lies. There's sometimes a gap between that, and you need yes. to kind of line that up for them. <laughs> yes. You say, watch this. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Dude, or should we hire your friend, you know, or hire oh, your yeah. friend that, that has good yeah. musical instincts and, and, you know, and take a chance on somebody that maybe isn't a videographer uh, yeah. and, and watch them become one. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know? I mean, like you can, you've seen, you've probably seen on YouTube now, like there's like full documentaries that people have made on iPhones that are just it, yes. beautiful. They look killer. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, guys, girls, I'm so, I say guys all the time. I'm so, I'm so self conscious of saying guys at the minute. I think it's because obviously there's been a lot of social pain. Let's put it as social yeah. pain that's happened online, well, not even online over the last few years. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely i am one of them i'm like hey dudes like i call my kids dudes i, I call my <laughs> yes. mum a dude i call my wife a dude i call my yeah. daughter here dude she calls me we're all dudes we're all guys right and uh, and and now i'm, I'm like yeah i'm reevaluating how how to how to speak and be being self-conscious about that it's yeah i know it's a new world isn't it yeah I yeah it's interesting well. isn't it yeah. and we're the same age as well so yeah like literally the same age when, when yeah. was your birthday october 29 78. Oh, I, yeah, got it. So you're slightly older. Mine's July. I'm July. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your July 10. Then. If anybody wants to, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to shoot me a, a birthday card, July 10. <laughs> uh, but man, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people, like last week we talked about social media yeah. and, you know, why uh, it's a really interesting time for creators, for musicians and um, yeah, for, for those to get involved in social media and how they can leverage and how they can harness the communities on social media channels to essentially kind of like, you know, op open their opportunities as a musician or as a creator. And I think that one thing that comes with that is haters, yes. which is what we're going to be talking about today. Haters, haters. Yes. 
And um, yeah, like, and we we just just in total transparency, like ten minutes before we jumped online, we were like, "What are we talking about today?" Because with these podcasts. <laughs> Um, if you missed the first episode, obviously go back and check it out. We were talking about social media, as I've just mentioned. Um, but with these episodes that are obviously all going to be Ian and I, uh, we're kind of just chewing the fat. We're just openly talking about things that we think are interesting for bass players, for musicians, you know, whether it be social media or haters or our inspirations or uh, motivation or routines or whatever it is. We're just kind of like openly exploring them between ourselves and hopefully adding value to you guys and girls as well. Yes. Damn, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know, openly exploring them, hopefully so that we understand, us, understand ourselves better, but also... Um, bring you guys along with us as well and i think that i just want to put it out there that i always think that discussing stuff like this and some people do it through journaling right some people actually like, journal every day and they say that they they understand themselves better through doing so through going through the process of journaling and that isn't anything that i've done in the past but i definitely i'm a big believer that just openly talking about stuff helps me understand my where i'm coming from my own understanding of it my, my own perspective of it and just where i kind of sort of like you know where i am in terms of that subject like somebody i was doing that with today was phil who you know ian who phil's yeah. the director of operations at oh, SBL. Phil's he's the a, best he's a beast he's like he <laughs> takes care of us all and super talented dude and great bass player as well. And uh, and just through talking through this thing with him, he really helped me just get clarity mm. around this the particular subject that we were trying to mm. we were, you know, it was like a product development thing. We were trying to and I'd sat and thought about that, you know, for hours yeah. over the last week on my own. But just speaking to Phil for like 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes gave me the clarity and i think it gave him the clarity as well so i think it's really interesting just i expect that's why you know this type of long form open conversation content is really popular these days yeah you know, for sure joe and joe I mean, rogan like you know yes <laughs> and you know you know as much as i love gear and and you know string gauge and all that stuff i mm. i really enjoy talking about these sort of more like life you know conceptual ideas and things that yeah. are outside of the very very nitty-gritty now that said faithful faithful sbl podcast listener if you want scott and i to do <laughs> a a uh, an episode all about the difference between you know 50s 60s and 70s era fender or the difference between custom shop and mulan pibe and Alinto it's coming it's coming it's coming oh my if you, if you want to hear about my obsession with nut widths and ju just to just in case you misheard what i said that i mean like the nut of a base yeah yeah, yeah careful to yeah yeah i've got like an obsession with nut width nut width at the minute yes. we will get to talking about that stuff for sure yeah. but anyway haters ian what do you what do you define a hater as? What do you what do you feel one is? Oh, well, I mean, it's it, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, right? Which is uh, people that have figured out maybe a lane, right? And so you've got somebody like Jack Stratton who's figured out this amazing lane, and with yeah. that success comes jealousy. And I feel like haters or people that people that leave mean comments or disparaging remarks, either on your YouTube videos or on your uh, Instagram or whatever, I think, I choose to think that those people are coming from um, a place of insecurity 
for themselves. I refuse to go down the road of like, oh, this is an evil person, and now I need to fire <laughs> back. I'm going to punch back twice as hard. I refuse to go down yeah, that yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. I try to think about them as people that are hurting. Um, and yeah. typically, I, I have found that I get the most hate. So, you know, for, for me, that's just someone that leaves a negative comment, either about my appearance or that I'm doing something wrong or that I'm not saying this thing correctly or, you know, and sometimes people get in this zone of like correction and that's fine. And I've learned a lot actually from comments. People are like, oh, it wasn't that, it was this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, 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 going yeah, to yeah, internet, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. when someone kind of makes a personal attack, I find that that typically I choose to believe that that is coming from a place of jealousy, from a place of maybe they're going, God, I could do that, but they haven't done it, right? And it's killing them that this hack right here is the guy on screen that's doing it, right? And they could have done it. <laughs> oh, if only their circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so the manifestation of those regrets, of those insecurities, is to angrily leave a comment, um, yeah, and, sure. and I'm, I have ways that I, that I deal with it and ways that I talk to my kids about it because, you know, you and I have kids similar age. They're going to grow up with all this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, too, before, before I have an opportunity to go into like, oh, here's how I deal with this. I wanted to say I was really, really inspired by something that you did regarding this. There was someone who had an issue with a YouTube video that we had made. It was a video that I had made, um, and it went up on YouTube, and this, this particular person was like, oh, this was my idea, and it was stolen. And he was sort of talking about the yeah. concept of the video, which is hilarious yeah. because, you know, no one can have... <laughs> No one gets to own a concept. Um, and yeah. there are tons of creators that have done this. But he felt that this was his his thing, and he was really upset. And he went on a, on a tirade and got a lot of his friends and followers to leave mean comments, started a big talk base thread. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, felt, I felt so attacked, um, but wasn't saying anything because this wasn't my platform. This was <clears throat> all about SBL. I mean, I happened to be the presenter of the video, but this was your company. And, dude, I have to say, <laughs> the way you handled it was remarkable. Um, and I would love... Oh, really? Yes, it was. And I can talk about how you handled it, but but I wonder if you would like to speak to that at all, or, or, or even in general, just how you have handled that over the years, because you went from no one knows who you are, and you're putting up videos on the internet, to the most popular subscription-based company for music, regardless of instrument, in the world, in the history. And I know yeah. that you have gotten a lot of hate and had to deal with a lot of this, and I... <laughs> felt like I was getting a master class in dealing with it from how you dealt with this situation. So, I mean, I've got some ideas, but I, I too want to hear from, I want to hear from the master. <laughs> like how, how you thought, how you've thought about this because it's, because you have. And, yeah. and, and it's obviously when it happens, it hurts. Like where people, I remember you even saying to me like, geez, sometimes I think these people forget that I'm a person. <laughs> you know that it's oh not yeah oh that's SBL the do. autonomous AI machine. No, it's Scott Devine who's building this thing, yeah. and he's a person. Um, and so I would love to know. I mean, if you want to speak specifically to that incident or to to any things that just have helped you deal with this, I would love to hear about that. 
Yeah, well, for me, it's definitely, it's been a learning curve. Like, I've never got it really wrong. I can definitely say that. I, I, I feel that even though I've been really hurt by it in the past, and I've just, I've seen the a comment or a thread appear or whatever it is, um, yeah, I've been really hurt. Um, and, and, and I will speak to that in a minute. But um, it's definitely got better with time in terms of how to deal with it. And I think that I was lucky enough to have a situation happen um, maybe three years ago or something like that. And somebody was really, really pissed off. Somebody was really pissed off that had, I can't even remember what the problem was. Yeah. They were really pissed off, though. <laughs> And, and they'd gone and, and started a talk-based thread about it. And I was like, wow, this is... So this is like... There's one thing when somebody leaves a comment. It, there's, there's stages, I can't... I, you know, there's levels of, of, course. of craziness, yes, right? Yes, there's, yes, yes. There's, 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 there's someone leaving a comment on one of your videos. That's like level one. Yeah. Level two is when there's a bunch of people in the comments and they're all saying the same thing yeah. and they're all connecting with each other and they're all like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we hate you, we hate you. So that's like level two. Right. Um, I would say that level three is when somebody kind of reaches out to you directly and gives you a bit of a beast in. So that's, yes. you know, it's similar to level one, level two, but it's just a different nuanced thing. you know, Like an email or a DM say, or something. Yeah, but yeah. but honestly, that's that happens way less than number one and two because yes. I think that for whatever reason, people feel empowered about doing this stuff in public, and I'm not against it at all. You know, if you feel that you want to do that in public, go for it. I'm just saying that, that there is a difference, you know. So then there's they they DM you or uh, you know do that thing, and then there's number four, which is like the highest level that I've experienced, is when they go onto another forum. They create a thread mm. all about you and the issue that they have. Yes. And then they they go to town on you, right? And they, like, full-on burn you. Right. Um, and and in so that happened quite early on, like three years ago or something like that. And, and the great thing about that situation is that I had dealt with level one, two, and three before. Yes. So I was like, I, I was hardened to it a little bit. I knew that even though I knew to ignore however you feel for the next 10 minutes, just ignore it. doesn't matter. Right. You're gonna, you'll have some sort of like emotional response. Just like if somebody walked up to you and slapped you on the face, yes. you will have an emotional response to it, right? So just ignore that emotional response. Ignore mm. the how you feel about it to begin with. Mm. Just let it simmer, okay? So... Um, so after that, it was like, okay, what can I do about this? You know, so I, what can I do about this? There's a thread. So I read what the guy had writ written, and I was like, oh, okay, I understand what happened. He had sure. an account issue. So he'd had an account issue. He'd long, logged into the website, and for whatever reason, the browser that he was using um, hadn't let him see any content. So he'd logged into something. He saw no content. And... Um, and I figured out this. I was like, oh, I can see what, what's happened here. But he thought, because of whatever reason, he thought, oh, these guys have scammed me. Oh, crazy, right. I've sure. paid some money. There's yep. nothing there. Now I'm going to go onto the um, onto a forum and say, Scott's based us in scam. Right. And then he wrote this whole piece about how it was a scam, yada, yada. So, and then, so I was like, okay, what do I do about this? And luckily, I was like, okay, I understand what the problem is. I can see it from his point of view. And I went on there and I wrote... 
like a you know a few paragraphs was like hey man i'm so sorry it looks like this might have happened and i just explained the situation yeah. and and unfortunately then because uh, uh, the thread had kind of like fired up a little bit but yeah by, by this time i hate sure. that scott guy i hate that <laughs> right so i explained now the interesting thing about um the the, the online online landscape is that people kind of go on these witch hunts, right? Mm. So as soon as I kind of sort of like pointed it out, what had actually happened, so sorry, then it all turned back on him. And I was oh. like, oh, yeah. And then suddenly he's the one under fire by all wow. the guys that were witch hunting. Now, it's very strange, you know, yes. like the online thing, this anon- animosity that everybody's got, or this not you know, not animosity, this anim- anonymity that yes. people have. Yes. Even though you can see their name and their face, they can still, it's a little bit like road rage, right? So Absolutely. people will swing back and forward. So anyway, I went, that was my first experience of level four hate, mm. you know, when he's, he's, you know, he goes to a thread on a, on, you know, a talk base or whatever. And, and it, and it, oh, it was great. It ended great. I think I dealt with it really fantastically or as well as I could at that time. Yep. He reached out. He was like, I'm so sorry, man. Can you please ask for this thread to be deleted? Uh, this yeah. is like, because people were DMing him and so said, like, how dare you start this thread about SBL? <laughs> like, oh. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, that has happened a few times, actually, where people have been like, please get them to delete this thread. They've that happened with the one that I brought up as well. And, and exactly. let me just point something out that I know you know, but that, it, that anybody listening, the way you started your response was, hey, man, I'm so sorry. That oh, yeah. takes yeah. empathy, humility and huge self-confidence to not let, like, I love that thing that you said about not um, ignore your emotional response, ignore the oh, knee jerk. To, yeah. Like, you yeah. want to just come out with guns, right? You want to, you know, there's there's a part of in everybody when they get attacked, right, that they want to also attack. And if yeah, you absolutely. can say, yeah. yeah, and if you can say, oh my goodness, man, I am so sorry that you had that experience. You automatically win like you yeah. are the bigger I, person I think, everybody yeah, sees I think so. that right and so i love that i love that you came at it with empathy because that's what i think it's all about right yeah well given that first experience what happened with the first experience on, on that was on talkbase.com that specific one yeah that thread got deleted and stuff like that after that like so and, and this is just you know we've got like i don't know like a million people almost a million people followers on youtube we've yeah. got you know, 300,000 or something IG, this just happened. This kind of stuff just happens. So it's part of the yes. deal. Yes. You know, when yep. we've got sort of like a platform this big, this just happens. So that's also sort of like something I do bear in mind. It comes with the territory, right? Mm. It's like, if you're going to be some sort of, I don't know, sort of like super hunky pop star, you're probably going to get a few stalkers, right? It comes <laughs> with the territory. Uh, luckily for me, do you know I mean, I haven't got any sort of, I'm not hunky. I'm, an, I'm a bass player, so I don't have any stalkers. If anybody's wondering if they could stalk me, I could do with a couple of stalkers. It might help build my ego. But anyway, <sighs> but um, it kind of just comes with the territory. So, yes. But what I learned is from that first experience is that just being super transparent, hearing them out, number one, being super transparent, because I'm, I'm not like an evil guy. I suppose that really helps me out. So I can be super transparent. So when somebody's got a an issue, I can definitely just come from a place of truth mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, I get it. I'm so sorry that you felt like that. 
here's what actually happened. And that's exactly that talk-based thread that you were talking about there, where it was like, when I got notified about it, like, luckily, we've got a really fantastic community. And I saw that it was actually on another um, forum that somebody somebody flagged, hey, somebody should give Scott a shout about this so he can actually just go over and like speak. Yeah, just address it, right? So, and what I found is through being like transparent, and that first experience, I thought to myself, what's the best way of dealing with that next time? And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to make a video because people are actually, you can be a text warrior. Everybody can be a text warrior, but it takes like another level of, yes. of energy to be like, you know what? I'm actually going to make a video. I really care about if somebody's bitching, I don't want them to bitch. Not for not for me. I don't want them to bitch for them. I don't yeah. want them to feel upset. Right. right? So I'm like, I'm going to. I'm going to make a video for That's you. Right. So, the, so the next time it happened, I actually made a YouTube video for somebody and it was on a forum and I got that YouTube video and I embedded it and I didn't know how it was going to go down. I was like, oh no, this is, I'm just being super transparent in this video. I'm just like, yep. hey, you know, um, this is, and I think that specific one was, hey, why is Scott doing all these vlogs on YouTube? We don't want to watch him vlog. We just want lessons. So mm. I made this video, video and I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I was like, I kind of wish that I could just make you know, regular lessons, but the way that the YouTube algorithm is working right now, it's like our hands are tied. So we've all we're doing is we're actually creating the content that YouTube, yes. that specific platform, the algorithm is telling us to 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 create. It's not that I want to be out there and I want to be the star. I'm just you know I'm looking at the subscriber numbers. I'm trying to learn how we can grow the grow the channel. And that type of content is really over-indexing at the minute on YouTube. Therefore, we're just, you know, having to do that. And if I do any other lessons, like regular lessons, they get way less views. And I'm talking about the difference between, you know, 5,000 views and 50,000 views. And because we're trying to grow SPL, yeah. And again, it was just this amazing response. People were just like, whoa, this is amazing. Thank right. you so much for actually explaining and talking us through it. I showed, I showed them screenshots. I was like, check out, this is what's going on. Wow. You know, so, yeah. Brought and them I said, in. yeah, I brought them in. I was like, yeah. look, it hurts me, obviously, to obviously I publish a video. And then underneath the video, there is 100 plus people telling me that this content is crap. Do not create this content. Please just go back to creating regular lessons. Sure. Right? This is on YouTube. I was like, it hurts me. But on the flip side, YouTube is telling me something else. So it's I'm 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 a rock in a hard place. So I would love for you guys just to if you know that any of the bass players out there that are feeling this way, just let them know, you know, and let them know why we're doing this and that we're doing our best to serve the serve the bass players that are following us but also serve youtube and their specific rules too because you know that they're, they're kind of the boss youtube's the boss right yeah. in a way the algorithm dictates what content will work sure the end and, and if you and don't adhere to the algorithm of course you're out. And, and your goals and i like too about this that you're not saying you know oh, okay oh geez sorry bass player community that only wants you know this small little niche channel okay maybe i'll maybe i'll conform to that and i guess i won't play the youtube game because you guys want this thing yours you are putting your business priorities and your own personal goals first and say, and, and yeah. then also able to empathetically say look i know i know that maybe not everyone likes this content um but but I'm trying to do a thing. I'm trying to do a thing that hopefully will be then beneficial for everyone because it'll bring more people into this wonderful community. We'll have more resources to do different things. So here's here's how I'm going to play this game. 
<laughs> and I like that. Yeah. Because you're not yeah. saying, oh, geez, yep, sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah, maybe I kind of got caught up in the... You're saying, this is the way to win on YouTube. I want to win. And 100%. that's badass, yeah. you know? Yeah, like I think just the truth. Like sometimes yes. I'm going to... I talk to my wife, uh, and I'll talk to the thing, the other thing that you mentioned, that the one that recently happened as yes. well. I'll, t- I'll talk to that in a minute. And But something I, t- I talk to like Lisa about all the time, <laughs> it's... Uh, like, we'll have something happen, like, I don't know, um, somebody will be doing a bit of work on the house. Plum- plumber will be doing some work on the yeah. house. And, and we we messed up. We're not going to be in when he's here. Or we've double booked him and the electrician's not going to be there at the right time or something. And, like, Lisa's like, oh, no, what are we going to do about it? Like, what, what should we tell them? What should we tell them? And my answer is always the same. I think we should just tell them the truth. Yeah. And just be like, hey, man, I, I'm so sorry. We totally messed up. Right. Is there any, so I always come from this sort of like, if like you're really transparent and you've just got this truthfulness, that's the end. That's it. Just, just, you know, that's it. Like, obviously if I was an evil guy, it might not work out, (laughs) (laughs) but luckily I just like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty nice dude and and I just (laughs) come from this kind of sort of like, you know, always just tell the truth and everything will be, everything will come out cool. And with that situation, the the one that happened recently that um, off the back of the YouTube video that you made and somebody thought that we'd, I guess that they thought that we'd stolen his IP. It was like his intellectual property. He thought that that format of video, I think, was his intellectual property. And ultimately, I did the same thing. I made a video and I was like, hey, I'm so, and I published that on Talkbase. And then the thread was closed down. I think the video probably still up. Um, And I was like, hey, man, I am so sorry you felt like that. And I was like, the reality of it is that I didn't reply to your email because I'm just super busy. And like, I'd I'd not responded to his email. For anybody listening, it's not like, it wasn't like six months. It was like maybe like 10 days or something like that. I'd not responded to his email. And I I really wanted him to get involved in SBL. I was like, I really want this guy to get involved in SBL because he's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then we published a video that was a similar format to a video that he'd published. And he thought, oh, they've... They've not email emailed me back, right? And they've stolen my idea. Now the actual reality is that Ian had recorded that video like I don't know, like a month or six weeks before yeah, any conversation before. had taken. Yeah. yeah, it was quite a while before, right? So I made this video and I was like, I'm so sorry you feel like that. Just to, in total transparency, I've just been crap with email. My e- my inbox is a nightmare. Um, I definitely was going to email you back. I always email everybody back, and. Um, and and the the video that you think that we stole the idea about um, from that was actually recorded like you know way before you actually released sure. that video. Yes. So we, I know it might feel like we've replicated that format, which is badass, by the way. And I said that I was like, which is an amazing format, but we really weren't stealing any any kind of sort of like idea about formats or anything like sure, that. Sure, yeah. And the same thing happened in the thread and I kind of because of the experience and I kind of felt bad about this actually I knew that because the thread was like three pages deep everybody was loving it because people love going on a witch hunt I knew that it was all going to turn around and people were going to start attacking him and that was the that's the bit that I hate about it and and no point if anybody's listening to this at no point was there anything that I said that made the guy who was bitching seemed bad or anything. Like I didn't say anything. I was just like, I'm so sorry you felt like this. This is actually what happened. I'm so sorry again. Do you know what I mean, like just told him the truth basically. Yeah. And then all of the witch hunters, they, they all just turn around and then witch hunt on somebody on him basically, right. which is really bad. And then you know, the same thing happens. 
He's feeling terrible. He's trying to defend himself. Because a lot of these guys don't... A lot of the guys that that go on the witch hunts on um, forums or on the socials and stuff like that, they are... They have no... They've never experienced anybody calling them out yeah. or going after them online. Right. And I, and I was... I've, I've been lucky enough to... I can remember publishing my first YouTube video and getting that first... I can remember the first negative comment I ever got. Oh, really? And I thought about it for a freaking week. What was it? Do you remember? Do you remember what it was? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, this guy can't even play. What is anybody <sighs> watching yeah. his videos yeah, for? Yeah, sure. And I was like, that... I, I thought about it for a week. Yes. That one comment, right? So... Just imagine now how that feels for a one of these like keyboard warriors who happens to, you know, like go on a rant about, you know, something online and then suddenly and they're always the ranter. Yes. <laughs> they're never getting ranted at. <laughs> Not the rantee. Yeah. And suddenly <laughs> they've got thirty people all witch hunting on them, telling yeah. them that, you know, it's it must be a horrible experience. Like I wouldn't want to be that guy. I wouldn't want to be that guy. No. So because I was for me, it was it's been like a real slow burn. You know, I've gone from like that one bad comment to now. I don't know, man. I probably get I've I think our videos get viewed something like we've got a hundred million views on the YouTube channel. So if you want to talk about negative comments, oh, yeah. we probably get 500 a day sure telling me that i'm the i'm the devil or something like that i'm not sure like like in like i, I just don't care like for that right. you know there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there so um and and that again it comes with the territory but yeah for me i kind of i built that muscle of how to how to emotionally maneuver around stuff like that but yes yeah, anyway I d i'm not sure i did you you obviously say, you think that I dealt with it really awesomely. I'm not sure whether I kind of described it awesomely how I did it, but that's oh, where it, no, that's I where it comes. Did from. and the the thing that I just want to add is that the empathy piece up top is so huge, um, but then also holding your ground and and saying, hey, um, I'm so sorry that you that you felt this way, but you know you can't. You can't uh, copyright a format. I mean, there's tons of, and then you even gave examples of like, there's these people that are all all doing this format. I mean, that'd be like saying, well, hey, man. Everybody's I, doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I came up with the idea of the three minute, 30 second pop song format. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah. No. yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, so to, to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you had a negative experience, but also I'm going to keep doing my thing, I think is great. I think too, like at a granular level, like, Obviously, it, most people listening to this don't have um, a monster base content empire like you do, right? Mm. So, from my, I, I had this really interesting experience of not having very much uh, YouTube presence at all. I've been active on Instagram for a few years before SBL, but YouTube yeah. specifically, not not hardly at all. Done a few things for a couple of companies. Like I did a video for Lakeland. I did a video for Dark Glass. And we're all, you know, pretty well received. And I just remember before I did my first video for SBL, I remember thinking, the sharks are coming. Like, <laughs> this is, you know, yeah, like I have to get really... Um, and so... What I what I feel, and I've gotten plenty of negative comments, I always feel like a negative comment is better than no comment at all, first of all. I mean, obviously, people yeah. want to get positive comments, but the worst thing that can happen to you when you pour yourself into making something is no one cares. That's the worst mm. thing, actually. So I think yeah. no comments 
is worse than a hundred negative comments. Because what I see, the way I choose to look at negative comments is that it's it's stirring something in someone. I mean, you have to you have to make a pretty bold statement, um, either with your playing or with your education or whatever, to make somebody get maybe upset enough to say something to you, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and sometimes they're right. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes, so like you read a comment and you're like, uh, okay, maybe they've got a point. You know, I know. maybe I could have done a better version yeah. of that or whatever it was. You know, I think that. Yeah, there's different, like, they're kind of not haters. People giving you a negative comment doesn't actually mean that it's a hater, right? That's true. Oh, boy, that's really that's yeah. really good. Yes, that's so true. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've responded to people saying, oh, man, you know, I'm always learning. And I feel like if you can, whatever, if it's a negative comment or if it's hate, if you can respond in a way that is... Uh, that is empathetic to the poster, it always goes better than to try to fire back or to try to be right, you know, try to say, uh-uh. <laughs> like, like I just put up, yeah. you know, the, uh, the, the Rush video just went out and the number of people that are like, oh, you're playing this wrong or what, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, oh, thank you so much for the, for the learning opportunity, you know, <laughs> you know, even you've though in my mind, them, I'm like, you? I absolutely yeah. didn't play that wrong. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Like, like you've got to, they've got to feel... Like, again, there's, like, different types. There's people that, like, so, for instance, I'll give you an, uh, an example, right? Somebody's like, I hate the guy, the way this guy speaks. Yeah, He stumbles over his word. That's just, like, pure. Just, they're just being a dick, right? right. Just get out of my yes. way, you know? Yes. But then there's uh, there's other people. So, yeah, there's other people that might be, um, you know, I might have taught something. And they might be like, I'm not sure that's exactly right. So, it's just, it's just you know, they're... They're not criticizing, but they're just giving you feedback, and yep, it's not right, great. Sure. But it's and 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 sometimes they just need heard as well. Like sometimes they're right, I think, mm -hmm. and sometimes when you know when they're being a bit edgy, the best way to deal it deal with it is just acknowledge that you've heard them. Hey, man, thanks for the comment. Yes, like I actually think this, or I can see, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but maybe this. I mean, like. And it depends on how much you want to engage as well. Like of course. You can, yeah. There's levels of engagement. You know, you need to find your own personal comfort level with that. But I think that ultimately, like, the people, the keyboard warriors, and I hate to say that word, actually, because there's, there's some of these are, all the guys, and guys and girls are great, right? So yeah. the people that are commenting, um, a, a, lot, a lot, even if it's like a negative thing, it's, you know, you just need to take it with a pinch of salt, you know, yeah, take it with sure. a pinch of salt and, and, and try not to have like a, a knee jerk emotional reaction to everything that doesn't say you're awesome. <laughs> do, do, I mean, like we all love yeah. the awesome comments, but all of them comments that are in the other category, they're not all the same. Some people are giving you like a little bit of feedback. Some people are mm -hmm. saying you could have done a better job. Yes. Some people are, you know, some people are saying that, you know, you talk funny and they don't like your face. Right. I mean, they're right. Not, they're, they're, those things are not all the same. So we as humans really need to remind ourselves that if it's not an awesome comment, it doesn't mean that it's always a negative comment. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's a hater, right? Yeah, because emotionally I, we feel maybe like it is. Oh, of course. you didn't love my stuff. Oh, you didn't love me. Uh, I hate you. Yeah, you know? and, and that then pulls at your own self-confidence and your own issues yeah. of insecurity, right? All that stuff. Yeah. I had a I had someone make a mean comment about... It, was, it actually made me laugh out loud. Someone said, um, 
oh, great, I found, you know, is is there not a platform that this guy won't annoy me on, right? <laughs> because, you know, he found oh, okay. me on, yeah, on, multiple, thing, yeah. on multiple platforms, and it cracked me up. And uh, and I, I just, I messaged him back and said, I get it. I mean, I, <laughs> I sometimes I see myself on video, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, it's a little over the top, but it's, but it's who I am. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing is it, it really genuinely is who I am, but I'm also self-aware enough to know that like, if I saw me, <laughs> you know, and I didn't know me, I might go, oh, this guy's a little, you know, is this guy for real? So I just said, man, I totally get it. And then what I've done on some kind of mean-spirited comments is I'll go into their page and look for something that I genuinely think is cool. And typically it's there. YouTube, not always, because yeah, yeah, because it's uh, a lot of people don't have content. But on IG, tons of people have content, right? So yeah, I went into yeah. this guy's page and found a video, and he was killing, playing this cool thing. And I said to him, "Hey, I, I really, actually, like the video you posted on April seven, whatever. Mm. I love this thing that you're doing." And he DM'd me and said, "Man." Thanks for saying that. And then he went into this whole thing, Scott. Like, man, thank you so much for saying that. I've been trying really hard to, to do this thing. This year has been brutal. I lost all these gigs. I've just been busking. My mom got sick. And now we're homies. Like now, yeah. now yeah. we comment on each other's stuff. And and it's it's so fascinating to, to just not to refuse to think about people that leave you hate, feedback, negative comments, whatever it is. It it is so critical to not think about to not blow those people off as just idiots, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. it's in you, um, if you're at a level, like I, I don't see I you don't have the time to dig into every comment, right? And I don't really either, but I have I have a smaller following, <laughs> obviously, yeah. on my IG. So I can I go in sometimes and say, "Hey, I get it. Thanks for checking out the video. By the way, you're crushing this thing." And it almost always leads to then a more positive encounter. Oh um, yeah, always. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's cool. And then I really then value those things. I mean, it hasn't happened a ton, but I've about three or four people that that I was like, "Ooh, they left something that kind of stung." And then I was just like, "How should I do this?" And then go in, talk about something on their thing that I genuinely dig. And now yeah. and then it it leads to a positive thing. Yeah, sometimes when somebody's sort of like gen generally saying like, oh, I hate this the way that this guy looks or I hate the way this guy talks yeah, or, yeah. I mean, this guy annoys me on every single platform. Yeah. That's one of those, they kind of forgot your human moments. Yeah, I mean, exactly. like they they just forget that you're actually right. a real dude right. who who has feelings and stuff like that. Like one one thread on a, on a, um, on a, and this was like years ago. No, no, maybe like, like three or four years ago. There was this thread, and like people were bitching about the way I spoke. And right. I commented, and I was like, oh, dot, dot, dot. I was like, hey guys, just to let you know, I'm I'm a real person, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with a winky face. Like hello. And that's all I said. That's all I said. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> there was just sort of like, oh, we're so sorry. Well, but it's you know yeah. it's yeah, socials are weird. It's a weird place. But hey, it just it doesn't always happen on socials either. You know, You're it right. doesn't always happen on there. Like I'm a firm believer that there's, and I'm using this phrase haters loosely here. But there are people 
that are your friends. Mm. There are people in your family mm. that will that will not believe in what you're doing yes, and will oh. actually like downplay it to your face this and be like, great. "Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, what are you even doing that for?" Oh, like, yes. I've had that. I've had that a lot in my. If I'd listened to them guys. I wouldn't be here. Like, like oh, man. And like, that some of them so were damaged. really great friends as well. That was, yes. that was a hard thing to maneuver around. Some of them were great friends. I've had that as well. I'd love to hear. I mean, it would be so valuable to hear how you maneuvered around that. What, how can you? Yeah, well, well to the... I'll tell you the most... The, the interesting... So if it's a family member, it's hard that you just kind of... You have to not engage with their... Input basically, mm, if it's a family yes. member, right? And I mean, sort of like you know, whether it's like a brother, sister, or um, parent, or wife, husband, you know, because they can do it too. Like, yeah. I, I can remember Lisa saying to me, like, I was working on SPL, I've been working on SPL for like a year or 18 months, I'd made like 200, 300 books or something like that. And she was like, How long are you going to do this for? Oh, You're killing yeah. yourself, you shouldn't do this. Mm. You're earning no money, you're working on this 12 hours a day mm. for nothing. Like, when are you going to pack it in? Mm. And I was like, I've, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. you've got people that are going to say that to you um, in your family, but. The worst, the, yeah, a couple of friends, I actually had to, like, dial them out of my life, basically, and just yeah. I had to make this conscious decision. I was like, this isn't going to work out. I'm just going to have to step away from that relationship. And that is a really sad thing because I love, like, gagging around with these dudes and, yes. and just sort of, like, the vibe and stuff like that. But nothing I could say, it was just having such a negative impact on how I, like, what I was doing mm -hmm. and my belief in myself. It was yeah. basically knocking my, like, knocking my self-confidence and what, and they were, they were knocking, yeah, what I believed I could actually do and create. They were just like, like, who do you think you are, man? Like, really? Like, like, like hold on. Like yeah. this, like what? What's this internet thing that you're actually doing? Like, yeah. are you just gonna get like? I mean, it was all of that, but it was actually, and it was in everything, you know, like seeds of it. And I'm just a big believer that um, that like neg negativity that seeps in through those evergreen conversations through days and weeks and months can actually have like a huge damaging effect on the trajectory of your entire life so with them there's two individuals i'm thinking about i just stepped away it wasn't sort of like we're not gonna be friends anymore i mean i'm not that i'm not that guy right but i just kind of sort of like it was a strategic kind of like i'm just gonna have to sort of like maneuver myself away from that friendship somewhat yes. Oh, we're still friends now, but we're not kind of like hanging out every week and we're not going to the pub and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I, it was really, it was really, uh, yeah, they were having a real negative kind of impact. Do on, you on feel like that type of feedback or those type of responses to what your dream is and what you want to do is more about that other person than it is about you? It's more about their oh, yeah. insecurities, right? It's more about... It's about their vision of yes. life, the way that they see their their capabilities yes and they're and they're friends with you and therefore your capabilities are the same and, and and we've known each other for like five ten years so that means our capabilities are the same you're not about to suddenly learn all of this amazing new stuff and like rocket ship your life which yes. actually can happen you know they just see themselves they've got that same that lens that they're looking through and they think that you're looking through the same lens and yes. they've got insecurities and they've got 
um, they worry what they can do and where, what the capacity that they've got and where they're going to work towards in their life. And they, you know, they kind of imprint on that on you as well. So Absolutely. especially if you're really good friends, especially if you're good oh, friends. So I'm thinking about yeah, a couple people too. Man. I mean, before I started to take IG seriously and start to really think about posting and, um, which is something that really changed my life. It's, it's the reason that we're here talking. Yeah, um, yeah. But I remember thinking, oh boy, there are a couple of my friends who are going to hate this. And I just did a mm. preemptive strike. <laughs> I reached out via text and said, hey, I'm going to start doing a thing. And, and you might not love it because I'm going to really be aggressive about it. Gonna and go I'm going to be it. talking yeah. to um, a community that maybe isn't you, you know, like I'm, mm, I'm not essentially yeah. targeting you as my community. And so it's okay if you don't like it. It's okay if you don't want to follow me or you hide me or you don't like all of my posts. It's okay because I, I just want to let you know. <laughs> And, and how you know, did it how did it pan out? Like, um, man, like power to you, man, for actually having the guts to do it. Like, I didn't have the guts, I think, to just be like, I, for whatever reason, it it was maybe you were more intuitive than I was. I didn't even know it was happening until mm, it was happening. Like, yeah. it, it was like so interwoven in our relationship. I didn't have any foresight. I was like, oh shit. It's, these it's guys here. really yeah. hate what I what I'm doing, yeah. and they're just, just and it's and it's not they just they hate what I'm doing. It's that they they don't believe I should be doing it. They don't right. believe anybody else should do it. They just think, and they're very vocal about sharing that. Yeah, I think uh, similarly for me, I had had just conversations about like, oh, you know liking certain creators and these particular friends were like, Oh man, I don't like that at all. And then I just sort of knew, uh Oh, <laughs> like if I, if I start doing anything like this, if I start sharing my education side, because for the longest mm. time, I don't know about you, but for the longest time, I really hid a lot of myself professionally. I didn't talk about educational concepts and how much really that I am. I feel like an educator at heart. I was trying to be cool guy. I was trying to, and then not talk about certain music that I liked and really always trying to read the room and trying to think about how to get the best leg up and not be too nerdy, not be too enthusiastic, trying to be cool, you know, and, and I have, Oh man, I, I needed some of that. I was like mm. super nerdy and too, <laughs> way too enthusiastic. <laughs> well, I mean, but I don't know that you needed that because I, I mean, Scott, I think that that's incredible. I think that then you were able to be you. I was so self-conscious because I was trying to get a certain gig, you know, Got or it. trying yeah, to be yeah. around. You know, I was in these professional circles where I saw the way that these men were behaving. And I thought, oh, I, I must need to behave like that to get this gig. And that is just yeah. awful. It's such a rat race. It's so terrible. It feels so disingenuous. Um, but there were some of these guys that I thought, oh, man, when I when I start talking about how much I love Rush, um, or how much I love Tony Levin and and you know and and tapping on the bass. I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to get this gig. Ever. <laughs> I mean, I have friends yeah, in Minneapolis, yeah. man, that have been like, "Wow, you're brave, man, because you could have gotten this gig. You will never get this gig now." <laughs> but it, but it's worth it, though. Oh, it, it absolutely it. is to be yourself on the internet. To be yourself in life is so critical. It's huge. And it's led to yeah. all these other opportunities that ultimately are making me happier. 
right? Yeah. If you can be yeah. yourself. Uh, so, you know, this, this friend and I have always, well, these friends and I have always had this kind of thing. And so Open sometimes down it's good. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I have released the animosity or the, or the expectation that they're going to come around. If they mm, do, yeah. awesome. If they don't, it's okay. Because yeah. what I'm building You're, is really important to me, you know? Exactly, exactly. Like, I'm, it's strange, isn't it? Because if, if somebody had, if I look back at myself in my early 20s, like, obviously sort of like, you know, self, self, let's talk about like self-development, yeah. right? You know, self-development's been around for years. And I just, I'll have probably seen bits and bobs when I was like, you know, in my early 20s, and I would have just labeled it as bullshit. I was sure. like, what is yeah. this crap? Yeah. But the actual gag is, it's real. Yeah, like it it's real and we are really malleable as souls yes. you know we can we can mm. learn and we can change direction and we can actually mm. advance our, our who we are mm. through our entire lives mm. but for whatever reason it, it's some some people just don't see that they just don't see the and, and for me i'm just like i'm i'm like like don't get me wrong. I'm not going to the next Tony Robbins seminar, and I'm not sure. sort of like dancing around and hug, hugging my partner. Yeah. But man, I'd, I'd give it. A, I'd give it a go anyway. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, yeah, but I think that in terms of sort of like just broadly speaking, like how to, how to like develop yourself from a personal standpoint and professional standpoint and skills standpoint mm. is just something that we all should be just like challenging ourselves with every single day. Just how how do we how do we reach that next level of who we can be? Mm-hmm. Like, do you know when sort of like. When we get to the end, mm. you know, when we get to the end, can you imagine at any point sort of like, like if you ever met the person that you could have been mm-hmm. and that isn't who you are, like oh. that freaks me out. If yeah. I ever sort of like got to the end and then I suddenly met the person I could have been and that was nothing like who I actually was, oh, I was just far below who that person was. Yeah. And I'm just like looking at who I could have been. Ah, oh, man, I would just be... That would be so painful yes. to go through that experience. I want to meet that person. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm actually not religious. I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to die. And I'm going to find out what's on the other side. Maybe if there is another side, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm like a spiritual person yes. in terms of how I kind of just feel about life. Mm. But I, I've got, I'm not religious or anything like that. Um, but if I did meet who, who that person could be, I'd want them to be exactly who I am. You know, that I stretched myself into all of the different areas that I could move into and I really tried to be the best version of myself that I could be. I meet that person, you know, and I'm like, oh, we're actually just exactly like each other. You know, that kind of thing. Like, I like that idea, a- too. I love that idea. There, there's, um, I, I, have, I have had all kinds of uh, spiritual and philosophical phases in my life, but I really do love, I think it's sort of like an atheist, maybe it's not an atheist idea, but this, maybe even an agnostic idea that the time you have is the time you have. Right. Mm, and yeah. there, there's a dangerous notion, I think, in Christianity of like, oh, well, it, none of this matters. None of this matters. Because there's something because, else coming. Yeah, out. because, oh, we're all going to be playing harps in heaven. And it's such a silly, um, and, and I think ultimately very selfish. It's like, I don't need to make myself better. I don't need to make anything else better uh, because, because I'm going to be living in, with, without a care in the world. But I really <laughs> do like this notion that the time you have is the time you have. And really, the beauty of your departure is the space you create for something else. I had a professor in college who was, an, yeah. who was a very outspoken atheist, and he said, he really challenged me because I came up a Christian, and, um, and he said to me, really, the, 
the most selfless thing, you know, Christians call themselves selfless, but the selfless mm-hmm. thing really is when you're gone, you're gone. And guess what? The beauty of that is you now have made room for something else to flourish. You want to talk about mm. selfless? It's you getting out of the frickin' way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and I thought, yeah. wow. And he said, so the time you have is the time you have. And that, I have thought about that so much since. So I, I hear that spirit in you when you talk about this of like, when you die, you want, when you're at the end, you want to meet the person that, you know, is the, all of the things that you could have, did you get there, right? Did you, yeah. did you do all the things to make yourself, yeah. your relationships, your world? Are we like yeah, twins. We, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. I really like that thought. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm just in, I'm just into it, man. I'm just into sort of like challenge myself and just, and I think that everybody should, should really get on this. Just like, because I think that we probably all live under our, our true capability, probably because of yes. self-doubt, probably because we're worried about what people think are going to think about us. Do you know I mean, like all of that stuff, all of that kind of, mm-hmm. we're just scared to sort of like to, to step out, to lean over the cliff. So, yes. Yeah. And, mm. and check this out. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, ma'am. Do you ever talk to your kids about this? We're talking about haters. Now we, we're talking about self-development. We're talking about esteem. We're talking about life trajectory. How much, I mean, I mean, how old are your kids? Six and eight. Okay. So I'm, I'm just, I'm six and 10. So it's very similar. Um, and I have a way that I interface with my kids around mean comments that I'd actually love to tell you about, but I'm so curious how much your kids uh, are involved in um, knowing about this trajectory for you or or knowing about how you deal with um, negativity, negative comments, uh, haters, that kind of thing in your life. How much do they know? Yeah, I think my eldest knows. Like, because he, he, he sees the dislikes, he sees how I deal with it. I talk about kind of, yeah, I talk about it kind of in a way that's more kind of, like monkey see monkey do like i try and just show him through example like oh wow somebody's left a a, a comment you know and and or this is going on and yeah. i try and just show him you know i try and have him be in um, be with me yeah be with me as i experience it and then so he can actually see how i deal with it rather than say you sh- you could do this or you could do that i'm hoping that like we do talk about it we laugh at sort of like you know yes. when somebody does a, when, when somebody does a thumbs down on youtube he's got his own youtube videos i know I'm like, I've i was seen ribbing, him, yeah yeah i was ribbing him the other day i was like dude you need some dislikes man i was like you've got no dislikes i was like do you know what that means not enough people are watching your videos come on yeah, let's get right. some dislikes and the other day oh, he ran so through and he was like daddy daddy i've got a dislike oh and he was like over the moon we were laughing about it high-fiving you know just kind of sort of like yeah just reframing it in in a way so so i do yeah i do speak to my kids about it and i speak to them i think what i need to do a better job man this could be another episode completely (laughs) but yeah i need to do a better job of um of uh like digging into like family values and like, mm. like our values, like what's our values, our core principles as, as a family? Like what do we feel is really important to us? Mm. So because I think that in a way religion does that. It gives people core values, sure. you know, and, and, but we, we are not religious, right? Does that mean we don't give our – and probably religion's good to, for that thing, you know, certain core values. And I'm talking, you know, sort of like – like be a good person, but like more in depth. Kind, of, I'm trying to think of something that's really. I think that's really important to um, to our family is 
band. There's a lot of stuff, but it could be uh, that I really value leadership. Mm. I really value leadership. Like, and I think that I didn't even know what leadership was until recently. And I think I wish that my parents had kind of sort of like, if they thought that was really important, and I don't mean leadership as in sort of like being a bombastic out there extrovert leader. I mean, sort yeah. of like somebody that actually can lead and doesn't need to be like, doesn't wait to be told. They're not mm. somebody that needs kind of sort of like ushered along. It's, it's actually empowering to lead something to, to, Hey, come on, stand up. We're going to do this together. Right. So like leadership's really important to me and my wife. We've never talked to that about the kids. And there's a bunch of other stuff that we've never talked about to the kids about. So how do we instill these or at least acknowledge that these things within our family, the things that they should, you know, at least understand and maybe think about as well. So, yeah, yeah I need to do a better job of that. Oh, well, I, I mean, everybody does. Right. And, and, and when you start doing it, let me know how it goes. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I need to be doing a better job of that as well. I mean, you know, similarly for me, when I get uh, a negative comment or I get something, my daughter, because she sees me do Instagram and YouTube and she's so interested in that world and starts, to, you know, I was wanting to maybe do YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, we haven't done it yet, but I show her all the negative stuff. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And then we decide on how we want to respond. We either decide to leave oh, it alone. Oh, that's really great, yeah. Yeah. Really so great. we, we I, I go into her room and say, Everly, I, you know, I, I got another one. You got to check this out. It's, you know, and so she, and then she reads it. She's like, oh, dad. And I say, I know. Now, now how, how should we respond to this? Should we, should we just let it go? Water off a duck's back. Should we go in and yeah. look at something and see if we can, if we can turn it around? Is monkey it, is see, it monkey do, isn't it? It's, you're, you're teaching them like a process. It's yes. really important to sort of like show them a process of, oh, I don't negatively feel emotional about this when it happens. So therefore, when it happens to her, she will have a framework and a process yes. to work with. It's it, like yes. when, if you know, I don't know, like parents that, that shout at their kids all the time, right. their, their, their kids are probably shouting at each other all the time and probably shouting at their parents and stuff. Yep. Like when our kids get really angry, like we had a full-on tantrum this morning with the youngest, yeah. like full-on yeah. tantrum. It was really interesting that both my wife and I lowered our voices mm. and we were like talking real, real quiet, yeah. you know, because we want to be, you know, isn't parenting wild, <laughs> man? <laughs> Is this just going to turn into a dad podcast, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ups, <laughs> dude, the ups and the downs of parenting. Like, yeah. I, like, I love it. And man, what a learning curve that is. Like, oh, what a... I yeah. know. So great. So great. <laughs> yes. Dude, we should end it here. We should end great. it on the love of parenting, man. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it's... And maybe, we'll, maybe we should actually do a parenting podcast. It's some, an episode. That, Based like, dads. Parent, yeah, base dads or something to do with how what we've learned about base about parenting through base playing, or maybe what we've learned about base playing through parenting. Maybe that oh, that would be your best one. Man. What we've learned about base playing through parenting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've learned a lot. I've I have learned too. I've got some thoughts about it. <laughs> man, guys, yeah. if you're listening to this on um, obviously Stitcher or uh, iTunes or 
Spotify, please leave, leave us a review and a rating and all of that good stuff. If you've got a musician friend, hopefully you've got a musician friend or a bass player friend, you know, send them a link to the podcast and say, hey, we've got these uh, two bass dads who are talking about <laughs> everything from music to religion to haters and everything in between. And yes. we would, uh, yeah. And hopefully we'll see you on the next episode. Ian, thank you. You're awesome. Thank you, Scott. It was awesome. Thanks, everybody. Cheers, guys. See you in a bit, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.